And welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. Good evening, Morris. Happy Sunday evening, Liam. You knew that song was coming? You know, uh, oddly enough, I didn't expect it, but uh, it's a big hit around this house and a number of of our friends. You know, um, the first line of that song, Girls of 15. Is it really? Is that? Girls of 15. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. So immediately my mind migrates to Bill Gates. Oh. I guess we're jumping right into the market. That's going to get, um, that's going to get every day as that onion, it's like an onion. There's going to be another layer um, and it's going to snowball. We've seen this before. We've, you know. Oh, my God. Throughout history. But, you know, it's, uh, I wonder what uh, cloaking device he had on. Um, Did you notice how, you know, all of a sudden it was like happy couple divorced and then next thing you know, New York Post. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once the Post get involved, uh, you know, nothing good comes of that. No. No, we should have taped this thing Friday night. I was in a much better mood Friday night. Oh, oh. Okay, I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> no, it's 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 oh, it's my fault. You know, if um, just do me a favor. Mm-hmm. If uh, if I go off into the dark side mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. deep, I'll bring you just back. Bring me back and r- remind me to talk about forward prices. Okay. okay. All right. Fine. Yep. But, Got it. Uh, in the interim, uh, we had uh, well. Let's see. What what was your week like? Uh, I had a great week. It, the weeks just fly by. It, it really does. Um, I don't, I don't pay attention to the market. It was down big. It went back up. Nothing to be surprised. It's up on Friday. That seems to be the tale of the last three months. Um, nothing to see here. The Bitcoin cult has turned on the Tesla cult. Okay. So th- those two, um, entities should have, uh, an eventful, an eventful future. You, um, I think you, you, uh, you hit the um, the thing that has turned my mood because uh, you know I'm not on Twitter, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Instagram, I'm barely on Strava, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was uh, my guilty pleasure was uh, reviewing um, Zero Hedge, mm-hmm. and apparently there was some. Twitter storm between uh, the people you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. the Musk clan and mm-hmm. the, the, the Coiner clan. And, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing, okay? I grew up wanting to do this as a career and yep. be, be professional about it. Yep. And I got two degrees, you know, in accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, many summer jobs working in the industry, um, 
got a great job right out of school working for a bank in the bond department. And, you know, when I started, I said this before, people went into Wall Street and trading uh, not expecting to hit the brass ring, you know, millionaire, billionaire. It's because they liked doing it and it paid you well. Mm -hmm. Okay. It wasn't a ticket to fame and fortune and insane riches. It was just, if that's what you liked, that's what you did and you worked hard and you made a good living, you know, doctor, lawyer kind of stuff. Right. And now, uh, you know, I've, I've paid my dues and worked hard and I, you know, I'm delighted with how my life's turned out, but I think I have, um, maybe this is going to turn into a uh, group therapy session, but it's fine. Uh, I certainly have an intellectual chip on my shoulder because I went to, you know, um, University of Illinois. Fighting Illini. Yeah, it's a great school. Had a great time. Met my wife there. Uh, My brother went there. My father went there. Uh, But uh, clearly not Harvard, Princeton, Yale, UPenn. Northwestern. Northwestern. Northwestern, yeah. Um, But I've managed to get, get over that. But the one thing that never really has left me is this thought that people just roll into this stuff yep. and they think they, you know, they think, Oh, I'm a mover and a shaker. You know, I know where the price of something is supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maybe I'm too thin skinned or something like that, or I just too vulnerable of an ego, but you know, I look at how we used to trade professionally. Maybe we could talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that to give mm-hmm. people a sense, but just these clowns, yeah. Uh, Bingo. You know, it, it's like to be thrown in the same bucket with these numbskulls is just a little bit disappointing. Um, Are there any adults left in the room? Well, um, I think there there are a few. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> Charlie Munger. Right. Um, yeah. You know, ZFG, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Warren mm-hmm. Buffett. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Um, for the most part, Howard Marks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Klarman is a, not a household name, but uh, he is a fund manager uh, of uh, illustrious repute. Uh, I think the Druck has been on a little bit of the media too much, uh, espousing his, you know, it's one thing to have a tiny little podcast thing, but uh, going off about ruining the world, I don't know. Um, take a deep breath. Right. You know, I, I ran out of bimble, and so <laughs> I, I ordered some today. Okay, good. I was thinking of driving over to Monson and picking <laughs> some up, but I'm a little jet lag, so I'm just drinking club soda. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk to me about like the when I ask about the adults in the room left, um, when you were trading professionally, now this circus wasn't going on. So this distraction, how much of a distraction is this to guys going in on Monday morning? They have to pay attention to this. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, when you talk about guys going on Monday morning, I'm thinking of, about of people who do it for a living. I'm thinking of our friend in particular, our fish friends when he goes okay. into, you know, um, well, let me speak to, how it was when he and I worked together because okay. his job is has morphed okay. to be managing a lot of people, so it's it's mm-hmm. slightly different. But you know, for the guys on the trading desk, oddly enough, you may find this surprising, 
But a great deal of, of what goes on is what's going on right now, mm-hmm. where you're sitting with a couple of people that you're working with, or colleagues, whatever, mm-hmm. and you're just talking about stuff. You're bouncing ideas off of you. You know, you see something, you say, "What about that?" Maybe it's related. Maybe it's not. You know, you just have a general routine of topics you talk about. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, you spend an hour talking about the the masters or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods driving a car into a tree at 80 miles an hour. To me, it's almost like the, it was like the chat on the group ride. You see the same 20 guys and you yeah. talk and you talk to right. one guy about one thing. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, you know, we would have a balanced conversation, but then mm-hmm. <clears throat> we would try and always focus it narrower, narrower, narrower until we got sort of a, a concept of how we wanted to, to proceed in a certain area. Um, you know, uh, once we got an idea, uh, now remember I was in bonds also called fixed income. Government and, bonds. Right? Uh, one of the, um, one of the real reasons uh, I've never been in love with the stock market is it's a very different type of trade. Okay. Mm-hmm. A number of people, I think yourself included, have called stocks, you know, they're story trades, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Bonds aren't really story trades. They're uh they're they're much more based on math and uh trying to find asymmetrical risk reward. You know, so uh for instance, when I came up through the bond department at Continental Bank, I went through every section of the bond business. Obviously, I worked with the salesmen and the traders, but I also worked in municipal finance, municipal underwriting, the operations department, which was then called the cage, okay. uh, the repo department. I worked on the money market desk where we traded bankers' acceptances and certificates of deposit and commercial paper. And so... you. The first thing that came out of that was a very deep understanding of the products. So, for instance, there's interest, or there used to be interest on bonds, right? So the the number of days over a certain period make a big difference in the yield of a bond. Not all bonds have the same day count calculation, meaning... It used to be, I don't know, it's been so long since I've done this, but agency securities, Fannie Mae, Mm -hmm. Federal Farm Credit, Federal Home Loan, they would trade uh, on a day count basis called 30 over 360. So that's different than treasuries, which should be actual over 365. Now, you know, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you're trading million, 10 million, 100 million, billion dollars, it, it adds up, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I remember uh, my first trading slot at Continental Bank, I was stuck as a short agency trader. And you had uh, very high rates then. And I remember um, buying from a client, uh, Fannie Mae, the coupon was 17 1720 Fannie Mae. Yeah. And the market rate at that point had got down to maybe 10 or 12%. So this was a huge premium bond. And so every day the price of the bond was dropping by like 8, 10, 12, 30 seconds. 
to adjust for the difference between the yield on the bond mm-hmm. and the, mar- the coupon on the bond and the mark yield. And on the repo desk, there was an older, although at this point I'm sure the guy was younger than me, but the, the repo guy, you know, I'd be like, the thing's down like another eight, 10, 30 seconds. He's like, yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, that's too every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And then what I discovered was the carry on the bond was going into his P&L. Mm. And the loss and the price of the bond was going into my PL. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the man with the money and mm-hmm, the man mm-hmm. with the, uh, with the experience, right? Mm-hmm, that joke. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, so very quickly, there's an incentive to learn all the, the tricks, yeah. the tricks in the trade. Um, over time, you know, you, you learn these things and sure. uh, they're, they're there for everybody to, Mm-hmm. You know, they're there for everybody to to learn. It's just, you know, did you is, are you a professional? Did it was it your career? And trust me, there are plenty of people who trade a lot of bonds, don't know half the stuff. <clears throat> but you know, they probably didn't make it quite as far. Mm-hmm. Stocks, it's tougher because they're they. <clears throat> don't have an end of life, like a bond has a maturity, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can take a bunch of bonds and you can line them up and you can start comparing them based on how long they have till they mature, what the coupon rate is, maybe what the credit is. With a stock, you have everything's a forecast about the future, which, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard to forecast, right? Because right. it hasn't happened yet. Sorry, we used that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so the bond me, guys are the smart guys, right? No, uh, I, I wouldn't. Nowadays, I, I, I don't really want to answer okay. quite like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have you have plenty of bright people distributed mm-hmm, across mm-hmm. the spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Um, I would kind of break it out to. You know, there are plenty of guys who, who trade stocks who are very bright. I think the, uh, for instance, uh, Bill Ackman, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who is in the news and uh, seems to do a very nice job. I think he's pretty good with uh, with um, with equities and, you know, Carl, yeah. uh, Carl Icahn, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got the, the Buffett Munger group and Klarman. So there's a bunch of smart guys. The bond guys, it's sort of a different game because it okay. comes down into two sections. One is sort of the the macro forecasters, which uh, was until his nervous breakdown, um, the guy at Pimco, Bill. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Nope. The name is escaping me. Come on, at Pimco. Yeah, he started Pimco. The guy with the, you know, like with the divorce and the stink spray and he took the artwork. What? Not the guy that put his wife on the building downtown. Is that the guy? I can't believe, I can't believe I'm not going to remember this guy's name. Talk about getting old. Well, the guy, who was the guy that put his wife on the building downtown? Um... They were in a nasty divorce, and, and yeah, he took guy. the art. Is that is that is that him? 
Yeah. Why can't I, we not think of his name? All right. Well, I'm going to use my phone and hope I. Bill um, Gross? Bill Gross, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So, All right. yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. It's been a long day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, he is more of a, um, um, a macro rates guy. Then there's this other guy who actually is 61 as well. I'm not 61 yet. I'm 60. Bill uh, um, Gundlach. Okay. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Gundlach, I think. Mm-hmm, double mm-hmm. line. Yep. Much more of a macro. Okay. okay. So what they try and do is they figure out which way the economy is going and manage the duration or the another way of saying it, the life of their portfolio. So if they thought rates were going to go down, they'd want to extend the life of their portfolio and if they thought rates were going to go up, they'd want to shorten it. So that, mm-hmm. that's their gimmick. Uh, then that, So that's one type of bond guy. Then there's the credit guy, which is the um, like the uh, Howard Marks oak tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're you know very, very good at looking at a bond, looking at a company, understanding the collateral. Um, there's a couple of other guys in um, California – um, Canyon, I think, is okay. uh, Canyon Advisors. I forget the n- names of those two guys. They're very good too. Okay, and and, and there's a, a bunch of these boutique shops. Okay, then you know, then the kind of the the bond guys like myself, which up until you know, let's say the two thousand two thousand and ten era, we would hide in banks. And investment banks, you know, the kind of the proprietary traders. Okay. And we would hide in, in there because um, we could use the leverage provided by the the institution and gross up low risk positions, but make a lot of money over uh, the fact that uh, you know we had large size and small margins. Mm-hmm. Um, and those kind of guys you know, were lionized by the, initially lionized by the, like the long-term capital guys, which Mm -hmm. we've discussed. And, you know, are they, were they smart? Yeah, they're wicked smart. I think uh, Eric Rosenfeld, who was one of the partners there, was one of the guys who invented Lotus Notes, which was the precursor to Excel, which you may have heard of. Yeah. Um, and you know they're the Harvard, MIT, MIT, yeah, professors. They had, uh, you know, one of the guys who wrote the uh, Black Shoals. They had Myron mm-hmm. Shoals working there. Mm-hmm. You know, so they had the legitimately rocket scientists there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I kind of chuckle, as you know, is you know we hired one of their guys, and you know, guy from University of Illinois and a guy from University of Virginia figured out the same stuff without being a PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, once could again, you have that, run? Hmm? I'm sorry. No, no, no I'm going to say, could, could you have done, could you have run the same strategy that you ran at 515 today? Uh, I don't know. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think okay. so. But even with uh, rates all. Yeah. Well, so basically uh, there was a lull. So, the 515 you mentioned is the hedge fund I started where I, I co-founded and ended up being the risk manager and, and my two former colleagues were the managing partners. 
it was a hedge fund that we started, and that was the last stop I had in my career. Um, the 515 ran into kind of an interesting time in that rates became very stable. And then you had all these vocal rules that were put into place mm-hmm. after the uh, after the housing collapse. And that really stymied that type of trade. It was like a, a one-two knockout punch. You know, it's like nothing moved and you couldn't do much of it. It's yep. like the food's bad and the portions are small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure it seized up a lot because March of last year, when the government market kind of got into disarray, it was a bunch of these types of, quote, basis trades I saw in the newspaper. So I'm guessing guys were up and at them again. And, you know, there uh, is, in my world, those are not that complicated. In the, everyone else's world, they would look at them and shake their head and think, oh, my God, these are so hard or or. Mm-hmm. More likely, you can't make any money doing that. Well, the okay. truth is, they're not that hard, and you can make money. But it's got to be what you do, mm-hmm. right? Understood. You can't be looking at uh, Dogecoin and this coin and that coin and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all these other things going on that um, yeah. that are distractions. It's it's a business. And, and so I keep coming back to this old yarn about, you know, if you're a professional trader – you you have a methodology you have a, you have a business and i you know when i would get these people to come in and, and you know ask for a you know talk to me like a 10 year old kind of thing mm-hmm. i'd be like well look i run a deli and i know that uh on thursday people want turkey and friday they want corned beef and so mm-hmm. i'd make sure you know i had what they wanted and Enough that I didn't get stuck with it. I didn't definitely don't want to get caught with any tuna fish on mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, you know, we could have a class on that one day, but I think it would be exceptionally boring, and then no one would be able to do anything with it. Right. Um. So. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um. Where, where are we? Where are we going with this? Well, no, you were talking about being a professional trader and the difference, like, you know, the difference between being a professional trader um, and the clowns that are yeah, on. So, so if you turn the radio or the TV or opened up the Wall Street Journal on Monday morning at 930, there's a good percentage of it that's that that's involves these clowns, correct? You know, I don't really watch much of that stuff. Um for the the point is like but even on the Bloomberg terminal the stories that you get involved you know yeah but you know you don't have to click on everything oh, um I don't, I don't. Uh, right i mean you know no you, i read you, i read i read it all <laughs> you you, you got to know what these lunatics are thinking <laughs> uh, apparently there's there's three guys that turned i don't know 10 grand or 20 grand into 20 million bucks by looking at Twitter feeds and Instagram and TikTok and figuring out what the next new thing's going to be. And God bless them. I God bless them. I'm forgetting everybody's name today. <laughs> I, better wear, uh, I better wear a name tag. So going back to this professional trading thing. Yeah. You, you have to understand when it's you and the Robinhood app or you and 
Charles Schwab, mm -hmm. uh, E-Trade, whoever. And you're buying $1, $5, $25, $1,000 worth of stock that you're going to hold on to for 20 years. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Bravo. Uh, if you think you're going to make any money banging that shit back and forth, you're, you're, you're deluding yourself. Uh, yep. it's, it's, uh, it's just never going to work over the long run. You're going to pay a bunch of either commissions or slippage in your trades. And, uh, there's guys who do that full time, you know, yeah. like for instance, the, uh, this is, this is a great story. So the, uh, fish fan snowboard pal of mine, who I'm hoping to run into tomorrow night, he grew up being like a ski champion mm -hmm. and like incredible athlete. And he was talking about how, uh, they, um, they used to play, he went to, uh, a ski academy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like away they go away to yeah, yeah. Uh, grammar school, high school. Together. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the reason I mentioned that is because from time to time he would talk about how they played that hand slap game. Yeah. Now you know what I'm talking about, right? Of course. Where, hands where, on the bottom, hands on the top. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, um, eventually I'm going to try and get these two stories to meld together. Okay. So eventually, uh, the trading got to be where it would be, uh, all on the, the click, right? Click, mm -hmm, buy, mm -hmm, click, sell. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So, um, this guy I'm talking about w was executing all of our trades. Okay. Now the hand slap game. Mm -hmm. So he would, from time to time, talk about playing it and how good he was. And yeah, how yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so one day I, I said, look, let's play. And uh, he's like, uh, no, Doc, you trust me. I'm like, no, no, it, uh, it's okay. Doc, trust me. And uh, I'm like, listen, I, I, I want to see I, what yeah, this is yeah, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's about your height, and mm -hmm, I'm obviously mm -hmm. about my height. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I stand up, and he lets me go first, right? I mean, I'm, my hands are on the bottom. I'm going to mm -hmm, get mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I get into position, I've got my dinky little hands here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I see him put his hands on top of mine, they're like pause. Yeah, you can't even see your hands. Yeah. And and it's like the whistle hasn't blown. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm yeah, you've shrunk. Yeah. I'm yeah. fucked. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh gosh. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I take a swing at him. <laughs> and it's like not even it's right. like it's you like, almost <laughs> fell down because you missed so hard. Yeah. 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 And he's like, ah, that wasn't fair. I'll give you another try. Right, right. Same thing, right? Mm -hmm, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like he hits me so gently, but it was F equals MA, right? Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. was absolutely, yep. you know, no mass, mm -hmm. but the acceleration was so high. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. you, <laughs> yep, you win. So if you're trying to day trade against somebody like this, got it. <laughs> trust me, <laughs> yeah, that ain't going to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think those day traders are good for the market, and I think Wall Street likes those guys, right? Vegas oh, needs yeah. slot machines. Vegas lives on slot machines. Hey, tell them the good news. Whether our clients make money or lose money, Duke and Duke get the yep. commissions. Right, exactly. And and so, in addition to the, 
you know, the guy being faster executing. Mm-hmm. You you have brain power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, you, and you have you have a depth of brain power. Look, I'm not going to say that a guy sitting at home isn't every bit as smart as me. Maybe he's smarter. Let's just say he's smarter. Okay. Fine. But you know, when you sit in a room with four or five, six, seven, eight people who are part of a team that know you, that know what you're doing, mm-hmm. and you can have a a, a rational discussion about something. Yep. It makes a huge difference. So I, yeah. I remember uh, there's always a reticence for a trader who gets promoted to management to give up his trading seat. You know, there's something about riding the tickets and the P&L being directly related that, you know, it, you know that if you make X amount of trade and you're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Once you go into the trading management, it gets a little murky and there's a little bit of an act of faith, which on Wall Street generally isn't rewarded. But yep. so I was, um, I was loath to give up writing the tickets. But it got to the point where I just had too much going on. You know, mm-hmm. I had people that I was responsible for. I had to talk to regulators, and the truth was there wasn't really that much value added by me executing the trades. And so we bring in, oddly enough, we bring in the. Uh, Fish fan snowboard pal, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was great bringing him in because I remember we had uh, we had a, a virtually zero position in five year futures at the time. It was like five or six thousand contracts, mm-hmm. and so I'm basically here, just you know, take care of this, take this off. And he's like, "How am I going to get out of five thousand contracts? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean?" <laughs> but. Uh, but which meaning that it was like small mm-hmm. and for and mm-hmm. anyway he, mm-hmm. he turned out to be superstar yeah. but mm-hmm. but um the the point I want to get to is when I stopped riding the trade tickets and doing the trades our our PL exploded wow because the execution of the trades is not where the money's made the money's made in the analysis and uh you know, the strategy. Mm-hmm. And so by me giving that up, I found that we were making a lot more money. Wow. Consistently. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and so for the guy that thinks he's, you know, sitting at home figuring out what to do, mm-hmm. trading stuff back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. If you like doing that, good yeah. for you. I, I was yeah. always, you know, trying to, to improve myself. Yeah. Uh, and like I said earlier, at least, uh, have a little intellectual dignity. You does know? that does that participation from these guys that you know that have these retail traders? I feel like that number has grown exponentially in the last yeah. ten or fifteen years. Right? Let's call right. There's got to be well, I, you know I can't online. I I wouldn't try and put a number on it, but I mean the commissions have come down. Yeah, and people are incentivized to trade, and even right. uh, I've only saw. I've only seen it once, but even the the Robinhood app is like a video game, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's I, uh, from from what I've seen, the screenshots and stuff that I've seen of it. There's literally you can get like um, 
like a slot machine, like you, you want to call up your price quote and the slot machine spins and it'll spit you out the ticker's price quote. Yeah, it's amazing. The gamification, you, the, I mean, there'll be college courses ta- uh, taught on, on the gamification of the trading that went on, that's gone on in the last 10 years, that's gotten all these suckers in the door. But tell me, how is that not like slot machines at the casino? Let them play, right? Or does that become a risk when you have all of this new money pumped in and people... You know, you're, you're asking just a really a, a complicated, multifaceted question. Well, you're an economist, so that should be, you can at least make something up, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a one-handed economist. Um, <laughs> y- y- you know, the, the funny thing is, now I'm somebody that used to gamble a lot. I mean, really? Oh, like yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, I can't picture you betting sports. Yeah. That's, yeah, that to me strikes you well, as I, bananas. I told you okay. how like, we did that for years. Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, and maybe this is uh, politically inc- incorrect, but I'm going to say it anyway. Sure, sure. Gambling is a tax on the poor. Oh, yeah. Okay. For, and yeah, no so, dispute. So, I mean, I, the fact that, you know, everyone's gambling everywhere, not oh. not great. The, the, the states selling lotteries. That to me, how is that any better than selling, you know, Coca Cola in the lunchroom at the high school? Right. I mean, no, you know, you're just, right. well, it's just no, I know, so, I know. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's short term thing, and and look, you know, it, trading's fun. I mean, oh, if, I know. not, not yeah. for everybody. Some people are intimidated by it. Some people don't understand it. Some people like. You know, painting paintings. I mean, yeah, I, you yeah, know, yeah, for me, yeah. I like I like trading, and from time yeah. to time, it's fun to get out of the phone and put trades in and stuff like that. But you know, uh, it seems like it's a much more pervasive situation, and uh, I don't know how many people really come out ahead on the thing. Yeah. Um. So, uh, anyway, is, is the professional trader what? we would have we we would have an incredible amount of backup and support you know mm-hmm. so there were times where there would be something weird in the market and it would be slightly unusual and um for instance you you're familiar with uh municipal bonds have you heard I of am. these things yep. okay so depending on the specific bond uh municipal bonds are generally exempt from federal tax and sometimes state tax. And to do that, they have to have certain kinds of uh, legal agreements to, to make that tax-exempt uh, um, circumstance hold. And so it was, whatever year it was, I, I think it was probably uh, maybe around the 2000, somewhere plus or minus, Mm-hmm. There were a series of bonds, municipal bonds called the J.C. Bradford bonds, and they were uh, billions of dollars of these bonds were issued, and they were tax-free. And the beauty of these bonds were they were guaranteed by bonds issued by a, 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 a government entity of the United States. So they were effectively government bonds at an attractive rate, and they were tax-free. So 
the problem that happened was once the bonds traded and settled, something came up and it got into the market that maybe the registration on these bonds was wrong and they might actually be taxable. So the price difference on those things was in the order of magnitude of 25 or 30%, which on a bond is, is mega, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So these things floated around for months, and, and municipal bonds were not our main source of, of what we did. Um, but sometimes, you know, when things got crazy. So these things were out there for, for several months, and they got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper because – People had to get out of them because they thought they were going to be taxable. And and so uh, I worked with a couple of former colleagues, and we went and we met with some uh, tax attorneys. And we did a bunch of work, and I probably have the notes somewhere in the file. Wow. Mm -hmm. And they gave us an opinion that these things are going to be tax-free. Yep. And so we went in and like... I mean, I you know like to to say order magnitude. I bought as many as I could for the firm. I bought as many as I could for myself. Mm -hmm. I bought as many as I could for all the partners, right? Yeah. And it it was one of these these huge wins, right? Well, mm -hmm. that's what a professional trader does. You know, there's a situation in the market. They thoroughly analyze it, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you can load up on it. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that's one example. So you'll always have a place in your heart for that J.C. Bradford bond. That and the um, these new uh, bonds, uh, the Cofina bonds. These are okay. the Puerto Rican bonds. Um, that was my last hurrah um, before I kind of took everything off. Puerto Rico went bankrupt, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they um, all of the bonds were in disarray, and so I forget exactly how it worked out. But these bonds, they're called Cofina. Why? I don't know. Okay. But anyway, uh, they threw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. And I did some work with a couple of former colleagues. And the Cofina bonds were backed by the sales tax revenues of Puerto Rico. Got it. So I don't know why I call them AAA, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know, they yeah. were A enough for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were stinking cheap. Yep, yep. And uh, it's uh, that one worked out very nicely. It, it's funny. I was having dinner with uh, uh, the friend of ours from Greenwich who bought a place mm -hmm, in, in mm -hmm, Arizona, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he's like a PE private equity guy now. And he was talking about how his partner just bought a boat, and he named the boat Cofina. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Hold, yeah, hold you, on a minute. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was really very. It was yeah. really, very one percent moment. Wow! Wow! <laughs> what are the chances? Well, now I at yeah. least I know. Yeah. If I see the, if I see the Kofina on the seas, I will. Uh, and and, and by the way, hat. and by the way, you know, not one of these guys that everything I've done has worked. You will recall that not that long ago, I went in on the uh, Poseidon concepts, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. you know the swimming pool yep. for fracking, and and in general, my energy bets have turned out to be. Uh, and my hotel uh, investments haven't worked out. <laughs> but the bonds. The bonds. Let me ask you about your gold. I, you know, is uh, gold cooperating or no? Is that No? 
yeah, I mean, it's it's that's ostensibly full, right? Yeah, yeah. Because um, somebody's always moving out and stuff like that. But yeah, I'd love to see the city come back. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I'll be in tomorrow, and uh, yeah, I'll be I'll, I'll be glad to hear. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, what else? Inflation. You said the magic word. Yeah, I, you know, it struck me the other day. When I was growing up, somebody being a millionaire was a big deal, right? Yeah, even when I no, when I was growing up, okay, and I'm born in '81, so yeah. when I'm a little kid in 1990, if you're a millionaire, that was a big deal. Um, Nowadays, well it, well, it it I mean, look, it's a lot of money. There's no, yeah. but the number of times somebody's name is prefaced with billionaire Joe Blow. Uh, and that was one of uh, Druck's big things about the Fed is creating a greater wealth imbalance, yeah. and I think that's, I think that's pretty true. I mean, we've we've talked about that. You know, if you've got assets, they're all going up, and if you don't have assets, you got yeah. nothing that's going up, and the stuff you're buying is going up. It's going so, up, yep. Um, I haven't been to the store, so I, you know, I don't know per se what the prices and stuff. Oh, that's not exactly true. I uh, before we went. On our last uh, sojourn to Shangri-La, mm -hmm. I went up to Jichico's in Armonk, and oh, I, I bought four limes. Okay. I'll tell you how much. Four dollars. Exactly. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you kidding yeah. me? I know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me explain this. The Chico's is the Gucci grocery store for starters. All right. I go to La Marqueta over here in uh, in in West Darien, where I am. Um, okay. And I get six limes for a dollar. All right. Whereas you go up to Armonk, yeah, you're gonna pay a dollar a lime with a smile. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, my age, it's but, nice to get a smile. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, but no, you. Is that really is that really the Gucci? I I mean I Oh yeah, that's oh yeah. You can't you can't do your regular grocery shopping. It's oh wait Chico's. a minute. I get no, that's it. insane. I get, I get it. I get it. The Chico's Gucci, it's Italian. And and high end. Okay. Like yo, I could have okay. yeah, okay. that's I'm sorry. I, I No, it's um, all right. No, it's all right. Um but no, that's all right. So a place like that is is hard to judge inflation. You go but but I think the gallon of milk has gone up. Um but that's creep. That's like glacial creep to me. And that doesn't bother me. Um, when I was a that's like we've said this before. When I was a kid, a gallon of milk cost two fifty. Now it costs four fifty. Okay, that's that's inflation. Isn't that built in and acceptable and part of economics? Why is that why is like oh inflation, hyperinflation? All right, stuff might cost more for a little while until they get caught up. We just went through a pandemic. You know, that's that goes back to the the Lacey debate, and uh, I, I'm conflicted, right? So I think, in general, we've we've hit a place in you know human history where we're not there's not a shortage of things. Who is the guy? You you probably know more about this than I do, but there was a guy. I think his name was Malthus, who predicted. Don't ring a bell. Mm -mm. Must not have been Irish. No. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, we can make fun of the Jews in a little Peter bit. Peter McGee better stick up for me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Malthus, I think, if that's the guy's name, claimed that 
humanity was growing at a rate faster than the world, the earth could support it. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Well, he'd be happy now because population growth is slowing, but long story short, you know, I don't think people go hungry in most instances because there's not enough food around. It's mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know bad distribution, bad social policy, that you know that kind of that kind of thing. So, to the extent um, there isn't a shortage of labor, prices shouldn't go crazy. So, uh, Friday. If I can remember uh, that long ago, the bond market rallied and the metals rallied and the stock market went up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We had a retail sales number on Friday, mm-hmm. I think, that uh, wasn't as aggressive as people had expected. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you think of the stock market, and the bond market are supposed to be forecasting the future. All right. I think what the market may be getting whiff of is the fact that the stimulus checks are done. The extra unemployment compensation stuff is ending. That income taxes are going up and the government stimulus infrastructure stuff is not going to be as insane as initially feared. Mm -hmm. Meaning you had the sugar high and now things are going to slow down. So when the 30-year treasury rallies, at least for that one day, the market's saying we're not worried about inflation for that one day. And the fact that the news came out, for a long time, um, whether talking to you or Kevin Muir, or, you know, my fish friend. friend, mm-hmm. friend. Um, I've always thought that once the stimulus ended, that we would migrate to, you know, very poor growth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, that's still a ways off. Yeah. If you continue to see rates come down, especially in the long end, that's the one that's most sensitive to changes in expectations. Yeah. That could be perhaps the market's discounting effect that we're going to see slower growth ahead. Clearly, the temporary pop in inflation is transitory. Okay. There's a problem with mm-hmm. computer chips, so they're having trouble making cars. And there was a problem with the, uh, because of the, the cyber hack, so the energy prices are, are pushed up a bit. And then you had that whole horrible thing in Texas with the weather and dislocations pushing prices and stuff there. So you have a lot of tran- legitimately transitory things mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, we're over the hump in, in toilet paper inflation. Mm-hmm. Everyone's mm-hmm. got plenty of that yep. to go. Um, yep. We've moved on to chlorine. Cheap shot. Yeah. You know, Cheryl... Smart woman. Five years ago, we changed from a chlorine pool to a saltwater pool. Yep. She yep. saw this coming. I was going to say. She had the wheat at Cher- Chernobyl, um, and now she had the chlorine Did, five years ago. She, not only does she have that, since she doesn't listen to these things, I'm going to say something really nice about her. 
<laughs> Seriously. Perfect. So yeah. in 1995, I got put in charge of the uh, international trading, which, as I've said before, the fact that someone put me in charge of anything with the word international. This is uh, where? Where is this? Greenwich Capital. Okay. Yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, other than the International House of Pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, I got put in charge of the international trading. And uh, the firm had just started to do a trade in Italy that was motivated by tax credits. Okay. And uh, Cheryl was an international tax specialist. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, she had just given birth to our daughter, Kate. Okay. And so she's in Lenox Hill Hospital, and I'm I'm visiting her, and you know you're sitting there, you got nothing to do. So I always talk to her about the trades, and she always gives me good advice. So I just reported back that uh, you know I think Arthur Anderson. I'll pick on them because they're out of business. Uh, Arthur Anderson said that the credit's not going to hold up, so we can't do the trade. And she's like, "That's bullshit. This is how it goes." And she explained the thing to me. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, yeah. yeah sure, honey, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I understand. Better, you know better than Arthur Andrew. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I go back in and like, they're like, oh, hang on, and like a dead trailer, they're like, oh yeah, she's right. Actually, and, now that now that you mentioned it, yeah, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. and that <clears throat> incredible. I mean, that was tens and twenties yeah. and millions of yeah. dollars we made for the next several years on that. And it was because I was sitting talking to her when Kate. Yeah. 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 She got a couple points off of that. <laughs> I mean, my partner at the time said, if she's right, I'll pay her. I'll give her, yeah. I'll give her what I'm supposed to get off of that, which, right. which she to this day uh, will tell you that he never did. <laughs> I would be pissed about that too. Yeah, well, you know, I would. Oh, yeah, that was absolutely good, Cheryl. Never let them forget that. That, yeah, oh man, yeah. But like I said, she doesn't listen to these. So, just to summarize today, uh, for all you professional traders out there, <laughs> no one, this is what episode 18? 18, it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gonna call the end. Stick <laughs> of working it, right? Yep. So, for all you professional day trader wannabes out there, <laughs> okay. You have no chance unless your wife has just given birth and is in the maternity ward and has given you tax tips on Italy. Otherwise, forget it. Okay, just the Lambo goodbye. Um, I think I think we jumped the shark here, pal. All right, we're done. Um, Maybe next week we don't um, we don't start with a um, a song that's stealing a cover of somebody else. <laughs> I was inundated with emails um, with their best version of You Enjoy Myself because people have a lot of feelings about that. That is an incredible song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my Lord. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Four, four shows in Las Vegas, right? Did you? Yeah, and it's, isn't it like a fr- isn't it like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday Sunday. Sunday? Did I get clearance? I haven't even considered. You haven't broached it? Oh no, absolutely not. Well, do I play the long game and like start now, or do I wait until the last minute? Because I think if I start now, that decreases my chances. Or does it increases my chance? Because she's gonna be like, "It's enough, just go." <laughs> I, did you send me that meme? It's that guy. It was the guy from uh, Goodfellas. You know how they're laughing, they're yep. laughing, and yeah, it says, yeah. 
I told my girlfriend Fish was playing 13 Nights at the Garden, and she asked me which show I which was going Which night I'm to. going? <laughs> right. One of those guys laughing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah Ray now. Liotta and Joe Pesci. Funny. Now, yeah. So. All right, All right, my friend. Well, this has been fun. Thanks. Um, I'll try and do a better job next week. I, no, I didn't fine. bring my A game today. I'm still No, that's quite there. all right. Um, no, nah, nobody's listening, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, buddy. I'll see you next week. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye now. Bye.